Hey, this is John at pureandsimplebible.com. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so thankful that you are joining me again today. Glenn Osborne and I are considering the question of what about those who have never heard the gospel before? Is a just God really just or fair? Is a loving God just or fair? With those who have never heard the gospel before, do they have a chance of going to heaven? Are they automatically condemned to hell? What does the Bible say about this very challenging question that many people ask today? This is going to be a very long episode. I broke it down into three sections, and so I invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and come back over the next few weeks and listen to this Bible study conversation. Let's jump right into it, shall we? Here with Brother Glenn Osborne. Grateful to be with you again. I'm up in Oklahoma, so this is twice. Somehow you've got me to come up here instead of you coming to my studio. So this, this works great. We're in your living room versus being in an actual studio. So this is our on-the-go podcast. And in case you hear scruffy sounds, it's because I'm holding my microphone in my hand, and I hope it does okay. But you preached um, at the preacher study last month on the question... What about those who've never heard the gospel? And let me tell you, I think this is a question that everyone has thought about at one time or another. Typically, they've got a specific person in mind, people group in mind, and whether it is a believer or a non-believer, that's kind of the question, um, especially young people are asking, as they go from their parents' faith to their faith, they struggle with it. And so it's a very timely topic, and I'm grateful for it. So I guess I'd like to begin with that question. What, what, what's the implications that that question brings about? Who, who might ask that question, and what are they trying to, to figure out, or what kind of ammo are they using that question for? Well, I think that uh, a lot of times, whenever we try to defend the nature of God, uh, we talk about how good God is, and how He is the source of grace, and God is love, and things like that. And instead of arguing against the existence of God, they just try to change the image of God uh, so that we would, you know, be disgusted with him or not be as enamored with him. You know, they try to, to say, well, God is not just. Or right. if to who, why would a good God, a God of love, why would he behave in this way or that way? Or why would he send anyone to hell? You know, if we love our children, we don't want to see them burn in hell, you know. So right. if we're his children, then why would he think that way? And we don't. We don't really think about the nature of holiness, and we get off of the issues of sin. Right. You know, people like a God who doesn't deal with sin. <laughs> so they want a God who just, you know, gives grace and welcomes and is, you know, kind of like a grandfather, but mm-hmm. not really somebody who mm-hmm. says, no, I'm a God who gave you free will, but I'm going to hold you accountable for that free right. will. So a lot of the issues, at least the way I understand them to be, It's about the nature of God, the character of God, and the nature of man. And so when when you're dealing with big issues like that, then these little questions help us to explore those issues uh, in more depth. You know, like, what about about those who've never heard the gospel? What, how is the nature of God, you know, how does it, it compatible with them being lost? We, we don't hold our children 
responsible, but yet, but yet, you know, the laws of the land, when the policeman pulls you over and, mm-hmm. and you say, I right. didn't see the, I didn't the see the thing. sign. <laughs> I didn't see the sign. He says, well, too bad. That doesn't mean that that isn't the, the limit here. And right. this, you're going to get a ticket even right. in your ignorance. So, you know, that's true. So justice, I think is an issue. Yeah. You know, is God just to send people to hell who have never heard the gospel? Those kinds of questions. I'm thinking about who would be asking it to you, you know, especially if uh, maybe a young Christian goes off to college or if a young Christian is kind of finding their faith for the first time. You know, if a faithful Christian asks this question, uh, you can have an honest discussion about it where God's character doesn't get assassinated versus an atheist or somebody who does not respect the scriptures asking that question with the, un, with the intention of, of maybe trying to draw somebody away from the church, away from the truth, because they're, they're trying to assassinate the character of God. So it's good. What I'm trying to say is it's good for you and I to talk about it now because we both love God, mm-hmm. and we can have this discussion in that uh, framework instead of us trying to you know, pull somebody astray, which is what an atheist might do. So if anybody out there is listening to this and they are struggling with that question, here's another great reason to listen to this episode, because we value the Word of God versus some people who ask this question with the intention to lead you astray. Exactly. Now, you look like you're getting ready to pull up a scripture. Do you want to share that before I ask the next question? No, I'm just getting prepared, I okay. think, to, ask, <laughs> to answer a question, because I do believe that part of the answer to this question is man's free will. And, you know, you, you have to answer, well, why does, does God send babies to hell? Is the original sin concept really valid? Ooh, and that's okay. part of the big, bigger picture right. about this question, believe it or not. Yeah. And to answer that, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to be prepared and, and to encourage our audience to realize that we're not talking about children here or people who are uh, mentally unfit to be right. responsible for their behavior. Right. Um, you know, due to some shortcoming in DNA or right. or maybe some accident or something like that. In Ezekiel the eighteenth chapter it tells us that the that hereditary sin is not a valid principle right. uh, in the scripture. The you know, soul that, that sins, sins shall die. Right. The son won't be held accountable uh-huh. for the father's sins, nor of the father for the son. Right. So just just a few that's just a little niche right there at the very beginning of this discussion to say, you know, we're not talking about that, that issue where we understand that God gave man free will. We're talking about the problem with our personal sins right. against God. Right. Okay. Well, when we ask that question, what about those who've never heard the gospel? The way that you framed it in your notes, uh, the first thing you want to talk about was the mission of the son of man. And if I could read that scripture, it's from Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Why did you decide to begin here answering the question of will, uh, what happens to those who've never heard the gospel before? Why are you going this route? Well, I think it, it really kind of addresses the, the issue itself. Why did Jesus come? He came to seek something that was lost. And so there's an implication here with even this passage. Mm-hmm. That without the Son of God, people are lost. But why? You know, why are they lost? And so whenever we study about 
the mankind being lost because of their sin. Jesus came to bring light into the world, to declare uh, God to the world, and and to to came to come to save men from their sins. Mm-hmm. Then we be, <clears throat> we began to have an answer to the question: If man was going to be saved in ignorance, then ignorance would be saved. White right. man wouldn't need a savior, but if mankind was lost, then we need a savior. I like that. The implication of if Jesus came to seek and save the lost, it means that they have the ability to reach out and grab him or that, that they are lost without him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I'm following your line of reasoning. Yeah. Maybe help me with some scriptures that uh, okay. go along with this concept. I see some in your notes here, various well, passages in the New Testament. Yeah, Ephesians chapter uh, 1 and verse 4, you know, he. we're not going to have time to read all of these things. Right. But we can notice he says, just as... He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Um, it, the, the issue of holiness and without blame and the forgiveness and the grace of God it hinges upon the fact that we're guilty of sin. We're lost. And so John announced at the beginning that God came to bring light to a world of darkness. And uh, it, that's John 1, 1 through 13. Mm-hmm. And then also the rest of the chapter, 14 through 18. When the angels made the announcement to very, various individuals about Jesus' birth, they said that Jesus' mission was to come and save mankind from sin, specifically uh, Matthew 1, verse 21 through 23, and also Luke chapter 1, verse 31 through 32, and also chapter 2, verse 11. The whole point is, is that it says sin was a problem, and Jesus came to save us from the sin problem that man had. Well, what did Jesus say himself about his mission. Well, he came to 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 save us from our own sin because there was not there was no way for man to build a bridge back to heaven once that bridge has been broken. Okay. Uh, God in the Old Testament there was a prophecy where it says, and God looked around and found that there was no man. Well, he meant that there was no man who could build this bridge back to God or bring reconciliation to Him. And that, so the prophecy goes on. It says, so his own arm brought salvation. Uh-huh. So it had to come from heaven. Right. So Jesus wanted us to know God loves us and God cares for us in our sin. As Romans 1 says, mm-hmm. while we were still enemies, Christ died for us while we were in our sin. So the point is, is whenever we look at the mission of Jesus, him coming, it really kind of underlines the fact that men were in sin and lost. Right, and that's that's all that I think we really want to understand is that the entire mission of Jesus revolves around the fact that man could not save himself; God had to do. The bridge that is built back to man is one that goes past, present, and future for Jesus' sacrifice. Right, so the right. ones who lived in the Old Testament when they offered animal sacrifice, it was under the I guess the assumption that the blood of Christ would in faith, cover their sins just as much as it would cover mine. Right. Is that an accurate yes. assessment of that bridge that's going out? Is that, yes. you know, people are wondering if they can enter heaven without the blood of Christ, but nobody really has it. Even before Christ came, right. their sins were kind of put off until the atonement could be made for it. The, the first three chapters of Romans, I know it's difficult to go into that, but the first three chapters at least. I mean, he really makes the argument throughout through chapter 8. 
But the whole point is, is he's getting at is that the Jew, the Jews and the Gentiles both were right. under the problem of sin. Right. They had a problem of sin, and the blood and bulls and ghosts couldn't take away sin, as Hebrews so eloquently puts right. it in chapters eight, nine, and ten. Now I know some people are going to bring out Romans two mm-hmm. uh, about why people who are ignorant could still be saved from the law of the heart. I'm sure we're going to get to that, but right. I at least wanted to mention it in case anybody out there's got a hand raised about, well, hey, yeah. what about Romans 2? I'm sure we'll get to that later. So for now, what I'm going to say is uh, we've got some scriptures here in your notes, and I'll put them uh, maybe in the comment section on my podcast page for people that want to look up Jesus' mission from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are several scriptures where he emphasizes, my role was to come and seek and to save the lost. So we transitioned from Jesus came to seek and save the lost to mm-hmm. what was the mission that he gave his followers, and it's in Matthew 28. Uh, mm-hmm. What is this mission that we have? Well, we, we're because Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice, he said, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Mm-hmm. Um, in Acts 2, of course, in verse 37, 38, right. he is specific and he says this is for forgiveness of sins, for the forgiveness of your sins. But the fact of the matter is, is Jesus wants us to take the message that God has loved us and there is a sin sacrifice. There is something adequate to cleanse us from our sin. There is someone who has made the reconciliation, and all we have to do is go through the straight and narrow way uh, in order to uh, and re- re- get rid of our sins, get rid of our love for sin, get re- repent of our sins, and turn to God, and he can save us. It's amazing that the avenue by which his mission is intended to go into the world is through people talking about it. You know, you can think about all the ways that God could have made his gospel known. It could have put jumbo mm-hmm. screens in the sky that just broadcast gospel you know, all the time. But instead, for Matthew 28, he has spent his ministry claiming what his mission was. His resurrection proves that his mission is valid when he comes back from the grave. And then now he's commissioning originally those 12 and then also the rest of us who obey the gospel to continue to share it with others to all the world. So we continue that met that mission to this day. You have some scriptures here. I'll just share them with people real quick. Romans 15, verse 20 and 21. It says our aim is to preach the gospel. And that uh, Matthew 16, 26, the soul of man is the most important thing. And so mission's pretty clear. Save souls. Mm-hmm. Get out there. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. The angel in Acts chapters 10 and 11, you know, um, could not give the gospel message. He was, the, that message was from men to men, and so he right. sent Peter there. An angel told him to go get this uh-huh. guy because he knew the gospel uh-huh. and sent him up there. So. Yeah, God has given us message to us as individuals and as Christians, as followers of Christ. And he, Jesus came. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I think we need to emphasize the mission of Christ at first is to be imitators of him. It means that we take upon ourselves that same mission to seek and to save those who are lost 
and uh, and share with them the gospel. So hopefully we've established a good foundation of Jesus' mission and by extension our mission. And I think everybody's going to agree with it so far. Everybody's right. on board. We're going to seek and save the lost. we got to get out there and, and share the gospel. You then, in your study, kind of bring it back to that question. So we've not... I guess technically answered it yet, we've established the broad purpose of our faith to seek and save the lost. Right, right. But what about those who've never heard the gospel before? Right. Tell me about Genesis 18 and uh, God's, I guess, judgment to come in regard to this question. What about those who've not heard the gospel? Shall not uh, the judge of all the earth deal justly? Uh, Genesis 18, 25 means... It's a rhetorical question he's asking. Yeah, he's saying... Is God going to be immoral in some way or unethical in his judgments? Um, what about those who never hear the gospel? Well, I think, first of all, we have to acknowledge that the reason why this is an issue is because we do believe that God is just mm -hmm. and that God is love at the same time. Well, how can he be just and loving at the same time? He gives us grace and mercy through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's, well, what about those who've never heard? Have to come within that context. Well, if God wants us to hear about his love through the gospel, what about those who never hear? What is their justice for then? Right. And so will the ignorant be lost, I think, is a, is a better way to, to at least talk about the issue. Right. You stole my next question. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Well, then I'll, yeah, I'll let, let me ask. <laughs> uh, so the ignorant, like, that's naturally where we're kind of going. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem just for somebody who never had the opportunity to go to hell, especially in our culture we live in today, we're all about justice. You know, we want to have social justice. We want to have justice for all, fairness for all, et cetera. How could a good God let somebody who's ignorant be lost? So that, that's, yeah. I guess, the question. Will the ignorant, will well, ignorant save somebody who doesn't know Jesus? Well, that, that is the question. And we have to, we have to recognize, uh, and I think we need to go into that a little bit, that the fact of the matter is, is the reason why we're lost is because of our sin, not because of any injustice or any inferiority or lack of grace or insufficiency in God's ability right. to give forgiveness. But he's just saying, no, the wages of sin is death, and that's the cost of sin. And you guys were the ones that brought this on yourself. Mm -hmm. Heaven's holy. And that's not a problem. The problem is you're not. The problem is you've committed sin, and therefore you don't get to go. Now, there's a, there's a split, if I could interrupt. There's yeah. a split in maybe uh, the thinking of people who believe in God of whether or not our unholiness came about because we were born that way or because we've chosen that. And I know we, we don't have time to get into a huge discussion of free will versus predestination. Yeah. But the Bible, let's just sum it up by saying the Bible does emphasize that the soul that sins shall die, like we read in Ezekiel 18. Yeah. And so I'm lost because I have chosen to sin, right? whether in ignorance or in rebellion. Right. Is that accurate for every person in the world? I believe so. I believe the fact of the matter is, is that because we are unable, it, there's an there's a illustration I'd like to give you. Okay. If, if someone is in a boat, and that boat may have life preservers in it. But because the person is unable to swim, if he falls out of the boat, is it, and he drowns, 
Whose fault is it? Is it the boat? Well, no, the boat was holding him at one point, but he fell out of that boat. Is it the life preservers not getting to him, that there's someone not there to throw him a life preserver that's his problem? Or is it the fact that he is unable to swim and therefore Mm -hmm. he will drown? And that's the problem. You see, man, it's not the fact that he at one time was innocent before God as a child. Yes, he was. Uh, Romans 7, 9, other passages as you've read. Uh, The sin problem is ours. We fell out of the boat and we're unable to save ourselves. Therefore, that really is the problem. Ignorance or the inability to swim is something that man must um, acknowledge, that we cannot save ourselves or make ourselves good enough before God or meritoriously earn Mm -hmm. favor Mm -hmm. from God uh, because our good works will, will not overcome the fact that we've sinned. And that, there is a wage for that. If God is just and he is going to make all wrongs right, then the fact is that we've wronged. We've done something uh, intentionally that breaks the concept of holiness and that right. we don't get to go. So let's first of all deal with the issue of ignorance. Okay. If, if ignorance will save a person... Um, then the gospel is not God's power, the power of God to salvation, Romans 1, 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even worse, let's, let's, let's amplify it. Let's understand what the issue really is here. Uh, the gospel, instead of being the power of God by which uh, God has designed to save mankind, that is, preach about Jesus, what Jesus has done for them, uh, and that therefore they could be saved, if ignorance could save them, then telling them about Jesus would give them an opportunity to sin. In other words, to reject that sacrifice, and it would become a power to condemn the world. If ignorance will save one, ignorance will save all. And if this is true, it would be better than that all of us just keep quiet. And the more ignorant we are, the darker the world, then we would all be saved. If ignorance saves, then it's not good to preach the gospel about Jesus. Right. But the fact of the matter is, is if it, you have to take this even one step further. If ignorance saves, then Jesus died needlessly. The whole thing about Jesus coming to the world to save the world is, is ridiculous. So it goes back to the pre-Christ world. Why, you know, why send Jesus if everybody's saved already through ignorance? It's better just to leave him alone. Let me ask you this, maybe from a skeptic's point of view. I'm thinking about Romans 7. Um, it may be verse 9. I may be off on the verse. Mm-hmm. But it says, uh, I was alive apart from the law. Mm-hmm. But then when the law taught me sin, yeah, then I died. Right. Okay, so that sounds maybe from uh, a skeptic's point of view that somebody is saved in ignorance. But it wasn't until they were made aware of law that they, they died because of their sin. So well, maybe we should not tell them, according to that verse. According to Romans 7, 9, you're right. Uh, that is an interesting passage. I think the passage is talking about Paul, though, before he understood anything, anything moral or ethical. I think he's talking about being a child. And then whenever he came to know or came to understand morality and mm. ethics, when he okay. began to recognize uh, what justice was and what the cost of sin was and and what sin is? Sin is rebellion to God. You know, it's a it's a rebellious um, heart. God made us to do to be creatures that did good works and right. 
for be zealous of good works, but we have chosen and sought out many evil desires, as the Bible says about sin. So the problem, the problem is that Paul was speaking of was as a child, uh, they were uh, innocent until they, whenever it comes to morality. Okay, then they once they heard about morality. That for me, that answers the question: What about a Native American in 500 A.D.? Or what about a person on an island, you know, that's part of a tribe of people that lived and died and never had the opportunity to get a Bible or anything? What I'm taking away from that is that those, even in their cultures, as children are innocent until they get to a point where they're able to understand that there is right and wrong, and they willfully do wrong. Right. Any... That's what Romans 1 through 3 is arguing. He's saying anybody in any culture at any time, uh, as a child, they are innocent. But there comes a time whenever we rebel against creation. God says his nature is clearly seeing, being understood through what has been made. Mm-hmm. And therefore, God's presence is active and aware. People are aware that there's something bigger than just themselves uh, in this world morally and ethically. And then is whenever sin raises its ugly head right. and we rebel against the creator um, of, of God's will. He said he, that they are without excuse. So everyone over the whole world in Romans 1 through 3, he says they were innocent, saved no matter where they are. But then that the law of the conscience kicks in and we realize we violate God's will okay. in our lives. What about in Romans 2, though? Maybe this is a good time for it. When it says specifically in Romans 2 that that law of the heart mm-hmm. has the ability to justify or condemn. Right. So That's the conscience. It seems as though the conscience could justify one before God whenever I read that scripture by itself. Right. Um, so follow my reasoning here. Okay. <laughs> if I am that person who is maybe in the Western Hemisphere and I live and die before the gospel ever came here, could my conscience justify me before God? Well, that's going to be the stopping point for this week. And I hope that you enjoyed the beginning of this conversation, and I hope that you'll continue to follow this conversation over the next few weeks as the episodes are posted. Until next time, you can go to the website, www.pureandsimplebible.com, and download any of those resources that are helpful for your personal Bible study absolutely free. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much. And I do too. Lord willing, see you soon.